Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. With a fresh new song MJ Network will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Good morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis This is Book Talk with Fran Lewis Brought to you by MJ Network and MJ's memory of my sister, Marsha Joyce, and we have the author of Bastard Verdict here. A second referendum looms, and election specialist Imogene Traeger is asked to look into the 2014 Scottish independence referendum. She uncovers a trail of criminal self-dealing, cover-ups, and murders, so cool. None but a very none but the truth, and those few need it to know stay hidden at any cost. Those knows to know. The need to know is very bad. So good morning, James. How are you? Good morning. Uh, this book, this book, I just sat down and read and got eyes and it was worth it. Seriously. And the the question is, tell us about the referendum. And this, the book took place in Scotland. It's the primary basis of the novel. So why highlight this topic and why did it fail? So. Um it it uh uh the background <clears throat> is mm-hmm. the uh twenty fourteen uh referendum on Scottish independence. Um it uh it failed, um the referendum failed. Uh I think it was uh uh fifty two percent to forty eight percent. Um and um there were you know there were some questions uh about how the the um the referendum itself was conducted and um i write political thrillers uh that are about uh anti democratic forces um you know exploiting uh weaknesses and loopholes uh, in the law and i thought it seemed ripe for um uh a story and as i started doing research on it I found that uh you know I found a number of things in you know in the real world that you know might not rise to the level of you know uh actual malfeasance um but which at least lent uh some credibility some verisimilitude if you will uh to mm-hmm. the um uh to the story that I wanted to tell um I've always I lived in Scotland as a boy um, Oh wow it was my grandfather who emigrated uh, here uh, from Glasgow, and I, um, as I say, I lived there, and um, I'd always wanted to write a, a novel uh, set in Scotland. Um, there's a, you know, uh, you know, when you live in a place and you grow up in a place, you know, you you take it with you wherever you go, um, you know, for good and bad sometimes. Um, and uh, you know, the the people, uh, the weather. Uh, the way people talk, uh, all kinds of things um, have just sort of stuck with me. Um, And about 20 years ago, um, I started reading um, uh, contemporary Scottish writers, Um, Mm. you know, William McIlvaney and Ian Rankin, uh, Lynn Anderson, um, et cetera. Um, And, uh, you know, it was the first time, you know, I remembered how, you know, people spoke, um, uh, turns of phrase, the cadence, the actual rhythms of the, the way they spoke, but I'd always really regarded it as only spoken language, not as, um, you know, written. Uh, and to see it written down was, uh, was lovely for me. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I hear, uh, you know, those accents and those voices sort of in my head, and I wanted to get it down on paper. It's funny, actually, that um, when my brother, so uh, when my brother and I were there uh, in, in Scotland as children, um, all, everybody knew we were Americans, right, just by the way we spoke, mm-hmm. which was, you know. But then when we got back <laughs> to the U.S., 
uh, all of our friends, it, we actually called the summer uh, that we came back, we called it the mm-hmm. summer of what? Because that's mm-hmm. all anybody would say to us. You know, we, we'd be talking and they, you know, and we'd picked up Scottish accents. <laughs> so people would be like, what? What? <laughs> oh, God. And gradually, our, you know, gradually uh, our, uh, you know, we, we, you know, uh, reverted to uh, um, our, uh, we lived in the Midwest at the time in Iowa, our Midwest accents. So, it's but anyway, yeah. Um, and that uh, I was, uh, um, I started off um, the working, so Bastard Verdict, um, for people who might not be familiar, um, is uh, a term that uh, Sir Walter Scott gave to the third verdict in um, in Scottish law. Uh, in mm-hmm. English law and in American law, we only have two verdicts uh, at a trial, right? Guilty or not guilty. But mm-hmm. the, um, the Scot- Scottish law has a third verdict, not proven, uh, which yeah. means uh, typically that uh, the what the um, the you know we the jury uh, actually think that the defendant is probably guilty, but the uh, state or the crown in this case uh, has failed to make its case. Um, and I always thought that was wonderful. You know, I thought that was an interesting um, uh, way to sort of approach it. You know, you 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 hear about mob guys who will get off on some mm-hmm. some technicality, and they'll be you know they're like. Uh, you know, and it's a not guilty verdict. So, it was, so I'm innocent. And you, you, you want to go, no, not really. <laughs> mm. uh, so that uh, not proven is kind of an asterisk next to you. Um, but anyway, so the, um, I, I wanted, though, that, that, um, uh, that notion that, that um, uh, of, um, you know, halfway or, um uh, not quite finished or, you know, whatever. Um, and so I called the, uh, the working title of the novel was Not Proven. And I happened to be sitting with uh, some friends having coffee uh, back when I was, you know, still writing the book. And uh, uh, I was talking about it as not proven and all this kind of stuff. And then I talked about Sir Walter Scott, who back in the 19th century uh, had uh, termed it the bastard verdict. And literally everybody at the table just stared at me and they said, that's mm. your title. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah, I, the, uh, I have a title by committee. And for once, it actually came out better than. Uh... <laughs> well, I, I went um, and my last title was Is Accusations. And I, there's a lady that's in the beauty parlor. And she asked to pick the title uh-huh. for me after she read the book. She she uh-huh. must be I don't even know how old Marilyn is, but she all of a sudden she's read everything I've written. I don't know why, but she did. Uh, and lovely. she said, yeah, she said, can I ask you? It was going to be called something else, and she said, why don't you uh-huh. just call it accusations? Because these people are accused of doing the wrong thing, or you right. told them they did the. Wrong. I was like, yeah, and I did. I dedicated the book to her. So nice. as soon as. As soon as I ever have five minutes to write the next one, I wrote a half. Who knows? How, I have no time to do anything. So the other thing yeah. is is that Section 30, what is the purpose of it? And then we got to meet Imogene. So, right. So um, uh, just a, as, a, as just a bit more background, um, the um, the first uh, the first referendum that happened in 2014 um, was uh, granted – uh, by uh, the was granted by uh, the government in Westminster in London, mm. um, uh, allowing the Scots to have their referendum. Um, many people think that that was actually possibly a mistake because now they're kind of tied to that. That uh, or they, you know, uh, people who are interested uh, in independence uh, for Scotland. Mm. are um, concerned that they'll have to get a Section 30 uh, order again uh, from Parliament uh, in order to hold their referendum. Um, And uh, the Parliament is not uh, interested in doing that. So, you know, um, 
that that particular option um, may be a, a dead letter. Uh, so in any case, the um, that's sort of the, I mean that that that's some of the background of the book, mm. uh, and I try to kind of uh, not front load it or you know and overwhelm people with the, this sort of mm. thing. That sort of is comes through as as uh, the the story progresses. But the, the idea uh, in the in the world of the book. Uh, fiction, obviously, uh, is that a uh, there is a uh, there's a, uh, a lot of support for and talk of uh, a potential second referendum, mm. um, and that keys uh, the group of conspirators who um, interfered with uh, the first referendum uh, to make sh- you know to go to you know go back and make sure that their footprints are uh, well covered. Um, they need to keep secret that they ever um, actually did anything um, back in that uh, 14 election, um, because if it's ever revealed that they did, uh, it would um, quite possibly uh, make a second referendum that much more likely and uh, that much more likely to succeed, which they definitely do not want. Well, we can't tell that, but I did look up some information on it that I found out, which is interesting, too about it uh-huh. and i can't say it but yeah it's you know it's not over but the shouting and i can imagine that there are some people that wanted to go through and some people that feel that they want to stay with britain so that's right. that makes it even hard that you know they're totally going to rock in a hard place um Absolutely. so we have imogene who i like yeah and i'm going to skip the next two questions and come back to them because otherwise they won't be flowing here Tell us about Imogene, and she realizes that there's tampering. Right. And we so, know how that uh, feels Imogen, here. Yeah. So Imogen is you know, uh, uh, is my uh, recurring uh, protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. She is um, uh, an FBI agent uh, with um, – uh, she's an election specialist – uh, she looks into uh, claims of um, vote tampering uh, here in the U.S. Uh, af- um, after all that's happened to her uh, in the past books, she, you know, she takes essentially uh, a year off from the Justice Department to go. She has a Ph.D. Uh, to go uh, teach, do some research um, uh, in Scotland, and she hasn't been there a week. <laughs> And mm-hmm. somebody uh, draws her in uh, to this investigation, which she cannot do, right? Um, FBI agents are not allowed to work outside the country uh, except by very, very special, uh, under very special circumstances and, and whatnot, and uh, she doesn't have that those permissions. So she's, you know, she's a very by-the-numbers kind of gal, but uh, she's also rarely by the book, um, you know, she thought, you know, uh, and so moth to a flame, uh, she can't pass this up. Uh, and so she begins the investigation and, um, uh, she's barely made a start and, uh, there's already been a murder or, uh, a, uh, a death that looks like an accident, but she's not buying it. Oh, wow. So who is Chamberlain and who is Nesbeth? So, um, uh, Chamberlain and Nesbitt are—they uh, are part of—they um, are uh, part of the triumvirate, um, which is Chamberlain, Nesbitt, and Sebastian Townsend. Mm. Um, three people who uh, were not in government back in 2014, but uh, who have now made their way into government, largely on um, what it, you know, largely uh, based on uh, what they did uh, during the referendum and later uh, in Brexit. Um, so they have a lot uh, at stake. The, uh, the tagline for the book, for Bastard Verdict, is um, you don't have to win, just don't lose, right? That uh, mm-hmm. in politics, people, people cheat in order to win or not to lose, and the difference, you know, which isn't always the same thing, and the difference can be deadly. Um, the, you know, they have to protect what they've already got. You know, they, they, mm. they have a place at the high table, uh, and they don't want to give it up. 
and so they'll do anything to uh, keep it um, to keep you know their uh, uh, their uh, dirty deeds um, secret. A lot of people. Anyway, they're nicknamed, yeah, they're nicknamed the Triumvirate um, as a uh, as a group, um, and uh, you know, and that's uh, yeah. Well, wow, that's 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 scary. It was scary yeah. to me. Now the character that poor Wee Frankie. I love Wee Frankie. Yeah. And, and what gave her? Yeah, what he gave her, and what he wanted involved in. Poor Wee Frankie. Felt so bad. Well, let's not give any spoilers here. <laughs> no, nobody heard that one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so we Frankie more. is a uh, we we Frankie uh you know uh it, he um he instigates the um uh you know he, he brings Imogen in uh to the investigation. Uh he is a political philosophy uh scholar uh mm. and one of her colleagues at University of Glasgow. Um he uh it, it, it's um, at his urging that she begins this uh, investigation. Um, her, it, him and um, a, uh, a man named Ian Ross, who is a, uh, an advisor to the chief of staff to the first minister of Scotland. Um, they, you know, they're the one, you know, um, they, they try to get her um, you know, because they're concerned mm. that there uh, may have been uh, some official uh, misdeeds uh, with mm. regard to the election, they want, you know, they want an outsider to conduct their investigation because obviously if they get an insider, that person is already hooked in to all the networks that even if the person who's doing the investigating, doing the investigation mm. is, um, you know, uh, is... Uh, not corrupt, um, they'll be making reports and talking to people and, and whatnot, and um, the uh, the bad guys will certainly get wind of it. Um, so, uh, the, so uh, Imogen, as a as a foreigner, um, is uh, you know perfectly placed to do this for that for their purposes. For her own, you know, she's risking um, you know her career, her standing. <laughs> Everything, uh, maybe even her life. It turns out she's a lot like me. <laughs> if I think, if I think I'm bad, you know, my my husband looks at me. He says, "How do you get away with some of the stuff that you do?" And I yeah. go, "Because my father taught me." My yeah. father always said that if you're not sure, ask, and if they don't tell uh, you the answer. Go to anywhere, however you have to do it, to find out the answer. Even if they don't right. want to tell it to you, and you tell them straight out, I'm not going to stop till you give me what I want to know. Yep. So she's, yeah, this is why I like her. So she's very like, yes, she's very like that. Uh, very uh, no nonsense. Yeah. Um, very, you know, and uh, she's always chasing the numbers, but, uh, you know, and, and in fact, uh, you know, She's taken this, you know, year off to basically uh, decide whether she'll even go back to the bureau, and you know her bosses are thrilled <laughs> that she's gone at least for the year. I would uh, imagine. You know, because yeah, she's been a thorn in their side, collective side. Those are the kind of people you need a thorn in your side to make you do anything to get some action. Sometimes. There you go. So, without saying anything, who is Donald Albin? And that's all I'll say about him. Donald Albin is um, the, um, gosh, what would we call him here in the U.S.? Uh, his title, he, well, he's, a, he's an attorney, and he's also the ARO, the uh, um, mm. returning officer which is um, like a judge of elections uh, here in the U.S., somebody who oversees the, uh, the polls. Um, and um, he, uh, he has uh, information that um, points to uh, malfeasance uh, in the election. 
that maybe some um, ballots were stolen or mm. uh, deliberately misplaced or, or whatnot. But, um, and he's in a weird position because um, he actually is not in, you know, uh, he's actually not in favor of Scottish independence, but he is in favor uh, of free, fair, and open elections conducted, you know, ethically. <laughs> so, mm. uh, you know, he, he has a, a, a real conundrum. That That's scary. That is scary. So what will happen if the second referendum is approved? How will that change everything? Uh, well, there would be another, uh, I mean, if, if a Section 30 order were granted, um, then uh, a, uh, a second referendum would go forward and there would be uh, another vote on um, whether uh, Scotland should be independent from uh, the United Kingdom. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's not, you know, uh, there's no telling how that would uh, shake out. Um, you know, oh, I mean, it, it could, you know, yeah, it, but but, but the, yeah, if there uh, um, if there were a Section Thirty order um, from Parliament uh, granting uh, the referendum, then it could go forward uh, easily. Um, you know, many at the, you know, taking a step out uh, outside of the book for a moment. I mean, in the real world, there are many people trying to figure out ways to um, actually hold it without um, getting that Section 30 uh, order granted. And um, they're not, they're without much success, I'm afraid. Well, there are two sides to every coin here. Oh, so yeah. some people want it and some don't. And Correct. I read up like, a little like on any it. political, Like any political question, yeah. Yeah, well, there are some people in Scotland, I won't say who they are, that feel that they're much happier staying with Britain. I don't know why, but okay. Uh And some of them that feel they can't wait and they hope that there is a second referendum and that Mm -hmm. they get away. So what would the change be? Because when I read up on it, they said they felt if they get away from them, they'll get more trade with the United States and blah, blah, blah. Things would be better for them. And yet... Well, some uh, people just are so, complacent and they want the same right. thing. Right. So, um, uh, Scotland voted over. So, um, taking a step away from the uh, actual independence vote, um, but related to it, uh, when uh, the Brexit vote happened um, to, for Britain to leave the European uh, Union uh, and the common market, um, they left. Um, that, and that was in 2016, when mm. um, when that vote was held, uh, some overwhelming number, 60 percent, maybe slightly higher, of uh, the voters in Scotland voted to remain in in Europe, um, and uh, a a a uh, very small uh, majority, unfortunately, in Britain, or sorry, in England, um, voted to um, break with Europe. It was like a 51 to 49 percent um, uh, vote in that particular referendum, the, the Brexit referendum, um, so mm. that uh, people feel uh, that, and, and uh, that if uh, Scotland were independent, it could um, uh, join, uh, rejoin the European Union in some fashion. There are there, there mm-hmm. are multiple ways that they they might do that. Um, uh, so, um, you know, uh, they would you know obviously continue to have trade with with England. I mean, they're they're on the same island after all, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and so on. But that um, you know. Uh, the oh gosh i'm going to get this wrong but um you know uh the english outnumber the scots by something like like four or maybe five to one Mm -hmm. um so that uh you know the scots sort of feel like you know when they actually care about something um uh there's some you know uh, some piece of legislation uh you know it, it if the english don't uh uh either don't want to deal with it or don't want or or don't care to advance it or vote against it, um, you know, that they're left, uh, you know, 
at the mercy of, uh, of Parliament in London, um, which may have no um, understanding of local conditions. And uh, people who uh, favor independence uh, hope that a Scottish Parliament, uh, you know, would um, uh, you know, would be more responsive to um, the needs con and concerns of the Scottish electorate. Um, certainly, much more so uh, they hope than um, uh, the Parliament in London. I often wonder about that here too. When you listen to these politicians talk, and you, you wonder which side of the mouth it's coming out of, and, and it's. <laughs> Seriously, and the certain specific person that's the head of the state has done nothing since she was elected. Nothing. Nah. Ab absolutely nothing about anything. No referendums, nothing for education, nothing for safety, not supporting the mayor of one of the towns that really could use some help. Nothing. She does. Yeah. She sits she's hair and makeup. Yep. So some some people want to vote and some people don't. And what's scary is that how are ballot boxes stolen? I mean, I got the impression that you can, you know, there, aren't there people that are supposed to pick up the boxes at a specific time? And then what happens so, if they get lost? Uh, well, um, uh, you know, if um, in Britain right now, um, they they use paper ballots um so that yeah. you you know you you mark your um your choices on the ballot um and drop it into a, a little box and it's uh you know it's a plastic box with a lid on it with a slit in the top mm. you know where you push the the piece of paper through um those uh remain sealed uh throughout the voting day um and they are uh loaded, sealed, uh, into um, trucks and driven to what's called the count center, mm -hmm. um, where, uh, you know, in front of everybody, uh, they are opened and uh, they begin the count. Um, and, um, you know, uh, so in, in the book, uh, it begins to appear, well, it begins to appear that uh, some votes are missing. Um, and, um, you know, I won't go into depth of, uh, about all that because, again, it's a more sort of deeper into the story. Mm. But um, what, you know, and so that, um, so, to, you know, uh, very early on here, uh, I, I said that there were a couple of things that happened, um, mm. you know, in real life uh, that, I, I felt, you know, could lend some credence, some verisimilitude to the fictional story I'm telling. Um, and so, and one of them is uh, that uh, there was no exit poll um, conducted yeah. during the referendum, you know, quite often. I mean, it, it happens here in the U.S., it happens lots of places, and in, indeed, usually in the U.K., uh, where... Um, they're, you know, they're uh, interviewing people who have just voted, and they ask them how they voted. And some people will say, that's none of your business, and walk on, which is fine. If they're legally mm -hmm. uh, allowed to do that. But um, a lot of people will go, you know, we'll, we'll tell you. And so based on um, that, um, they will, uh, you know, um, you know the, the, the newspapers uh, and television actually have a pretty good picture of um, – you know, how the vote is going uh, here in the U.S. I mean, quite often, you know, when they call, you know, you'll find out, you'll, you'll hear that, uh, you know, they've only counted, you know, half the votes, and yet they're calling, you know, a state for a particular yeah. candidate. And they're doing it because uh, the, um, uh, they were actually polling people who had voted already. Um, you know they're able to um, they're able to look at you know how that was going anyway. Uh, that's a, I'm sorry, that's kind of a long explanation. But um, so there was no uh, um, exit poll uh, conducted for uh, for um, the referendum back in 2014. Secondarily, uh, the referendum um, had a huge um, turnout. 
um, mm. it, uh, across the country, across Scotland, it had a um, uh, twenty. You know, it had a twenty percent higher um, turnout rate than um, you know any of the you know than you know any of the previous uh, parliamentary elections. That's a big deal. But interestingly, uh, in the two areas where um, they know from early polling uh, that uh, uh, independence was favored uh, most, um, Glasgow, the city of Glasgow and the city of Dundee, in those two places, they did not see the 20% increase across the board, even though mm. everywhere else in Scotland had, you know, 18, 20, 19, you know, 22%, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so that seems odd. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, you know, again, for, for, uh, for my story, it, uh, it gave me a really good jumping off place. It did. So Imogene deals with numbers, right? And like, like yep. you just said, in the Dundee and Glasgow, they, they were different. So who is Marta, and how do we know, how does she learn about her? So, um, you know, uh, again, she's, uh, she's, uh, Imogen is working at, uh, the, um, at the University of Glasgow. She's there to do, um, you know, research, maybe write a paper that she hopes to get published, mm-hmm. um, a, a report, you know, uh, um, and um, one of her, uh, you know, and the the, the uh, director of her department says, you know, you really you you should really talk to this woman, uh, Marta uh, Serres, um, who is um, an election specialist uh, across town at Strathclyde University, um, and uh, as Imogen. Gets deeper into the uh, deeper into the um, investigation. She realizes that you know she really needs somebody who knows way more about this than she does, and so um, she uh, you know she contacts uh, this uh, Marta Ferres, uh, and they um, they start working together, become friends. Um, and you know it, it, it's Marta's Marta's expertise. Uh, that um, uh, Imogen really draws on, um, and uh, it turns out that they're actually working along similar lines. So she, so she thinks about Ian. Does she think that he's which which people does she trust and which people does she not trust? Well, that's sort of the, um, and again, I won't go too deeply into it, but uh, you know, that that is one of the issues uh, for for her, and um, one of the motifs of the book. I mean, who do you trust? How can you trust people? Um, and uh, you know, um, it was Ian, uh, Ian Ross, um, and we Frankie, who brought her into this investigation, but. As it continues, she begins to worry that maybe Ian Ross had different reasons for wanting her to do this, and she can't quite figure out why. Um, if indeed, you know, or maybe he is who he says he is. But you know, uh, you know, her past experience. Uh, you know, uh, if anybody has read the other books, uh, you know, she knows that uh, this is not a. Um, uh, you know that you, you really have to be careful. You 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 know when you're talking to somebody, you don't know who they're talking to. Um, you know even if they are um, trustworthy, maybe you know maybe they've got a big mouth. <laughs> mm. So um, yeah, it, it, it you know it, it just adds to the levels of uh, paranoia uh, and um, uh, adds to the level of you know unease um, and suspense. I hope. Well, she and she, without Marta, she, this probably whatever, not whatever, but she, they both have to be careful, though. Just how dangerous oh, is what she's doing. Yep. It is scary. I know. Yeah. The world is scary. So tell us about mm-hmm. Lindsay and the madman. Where do they fit in? Uh, so... Uh, um. There is a, you know, 
uh, like here, <laughs> there are mm-hmm. uh, organized crime, uh, yeah. uh, you know, groups. And um, Buff Lindsay uh, calls himself the shop steward <laughs> of mm-hmm. uh, the Mad Men Syndicate, uh, which is a, um, an organized crime group. Um, uh, it's operating, uh, well, it operates all, you know, uh, throughout Britain and, and Europe. Um, but he's the shop steward of the Dundee um, uh, branch, <laughs> uh, if you will, branch office. Um, and uh, he he was brought in to um, help with some dirty work back in 2014. Mm. Um, and uh, his um, one of his uh, up and coming uh, lieutenants, if you will. Alan Wilson um, was integral in that um, and is also integral in uh, this story that's, the, the story that's you know unfolding uh, here in the present day in the book. Well, I, my question is this also. Um, do you have a, a first minister? Who runs Scotland? The first minister? And then there's the chief of staff. So is there a president or a prime minister there? So um, because they're, uh, you know, um, Scotland has what are called uh, some devolved powers. That mm-hmm. is, most of the power uh, resides with Parliament in London. Um, but that um, uh, Scottish Parliament is able to uh, deal with a lot of uh, local issues um, uh but they don't you know but they don't uh they they don't have all the um they don't have all the power that the parliament in london in, in westminster does uh which is part of what people who uh favor independence would like for them to have um so the first minister is akin to um a prime minister but is not mm-hmm. um because uh uh scottish parliament does not have all of the powers that uh you know the UK Parliament does in London, um, and then but you know, so as I say, she's like uh, the Prime Minister um, in that respect, um, and then she has you know essentially a chief of staff um, who's named Jeanette Ritchie in this in my book. Uh, I made sure um, I you know I never, for instance, name uh, Nicola Sturgeon, um, yeah. nor you know obviously I'm using you know. Uh, she, the first minister is only ever called first minister, which, uh, you know, turned out to be a, uh, a, a canny uh, thing for me to have done since she's no longer. <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon is no longer the first yeah. minister. Uh, it's uh, Humza Yusuf. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I did that also uh, in the three earlier books where, um, you know, somebody, you know, I, I, I think it's important, um, you know, uh, the books are not about any individual uh, real person, um, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, and that I would like somebody, you know, 20 years from now to pick up any one of these books and have it work for them. Um, and that they don't have to go back and like, who was, you know, Nicola Sturgeon, you know, or who was this or what was that or who was president in 2016, that kind of thing. Um, you know, that rather, um, you know, uh, that person can remain sort of, um, you know, by title. Um, you know, the, the closest I came to uh, actually um, uh, naming uh, a real person was um, the uh, presidential candidate in uh, Faithless Elector, my first novel, uh, mm. you know, was a woman. Um, and, um, uh, you know, was a thinly veiled um, uh, Hillary Clinton. Mm. I don't know. I like Hillary Clinton. What could I say? Yeah, it wasn't about like or not. It was merely, I you know, know, that, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't call her Hillary Clinton, uh, and I didn't, no. uh, you know, uh, but, yeah. 
No, my cousin and, uh, and was so anyway, so do. for that invested verdict, I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. want to lock it down uh, to um, to uh, you know Nicholas Sturgeon or or you know anybody else who uh, you know really exists. Um, I did have to, interestingly, I did have to go through and uh, in a couple places change uh, Queen to King. Um, oh, wow. Because, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth died, uh, you know, I think as I was um, beginning the um, the final process of the book. So I had to kind of pull it back <laughs> and, you know, in the in the sections where they're talking about the previous um, uh, uh, the previous election back in 2014, uh, they have to, um, uh, you know, I think there are one or two references to uh, the Queen of England. That had to stay the same. But, you know, uh, there's uh, oh, a reference uh, early, you know, in an earlier version, there was a reference to the Queen's speech to open mm. Parliament. And I knew I had to go back and <laughs> fix that. Because here in the present day, it would be the king's speech, you know, um, which, uh, you know, anyway. Okay, I don't know if people I care think... about my, my trials and tribulations on that, but there it is. <laughs> before I forget, Monday, people, at a different time, 11 o'clock, New York ah. Times author, yeah, Robert McCaw, Retribution. That's big. Yeah. That's nothing Good. compared to Thursday. I never do 5 o'clock, ever. But when you get a call from the number one interior designer on this planet named Howard Wiggins, you agree to do it. We're going to just talk about interior design and decorations. Lovely. and No book, people. For the first time, no book. On the 13th. Wow. Yes, this was really exciting. The first 13th, he hasn't published a book in 12 years. They emailed me. I don't know why I got lucky. Um, Richard North Patterson trial, mm. the 13th, when it comes out. Yep. I was like, oh, my God, everybody has to read it. It's really fantastic. Yeah. On the 20th, somebody we all know and love, Baron Bircher, and Reckoning. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, I like Baron. And it was just interesting. And on the 22nd, we have the author of The Deadly Wilderness, I've got so many, I don't even lost track already here. On the 27th, I have Joe Day Millman, which is a kayak, empty kayak. And on the 29th, there's a question mark, because I'm not sure. I have to wait, okay. for him to, <laughs> wait for him to approve. Wait for him to approve, and that's just June. I don't do July. I take off the month. And we start oh, back nice. in, in August with uh, John Dobbin and Deadly Depths. He's first. Wonderful. Yes, so that's what this, you know, girl's going to be up to, maybe. So what happens? <laughs> what happens if this if this actually passes or doesn't pass? Um, how does that parallel to a real election? Um, it's the um, it, it's the same um, as when we have um, uh, any question on the ballot, you know. Yeah. Um, uh that uh if it if um you know if, if there's a majority vote then the um then uh you know the legislative body will you know have to um uh, abide by it and um put it up for a vote and uh, and well and pass it basically um because it, you know it was uh, voted on you know by referendum uh, by the people um so that's a um, you know if this uh, if the independence referendum um, happened, uh, I expect it would kick off. Uh, if it you know, so if the referendum itself took place uh, mm. and uh, it came out in favor of uh, independence for Scotland, uh, you know it would then um, there would be uh, probably a years long. Um, multiple years long uh, set of negotiations and, um, you know, uh, treaties and whatever else uh, between uh, England and Scotland. Um, yeah. That, that's that's but, tough. Um, yeah, yeah. 
That is that is actually tough because you wonder sometimes, you know, all of these people in an, in a doctor's office or even these people in, in political positions, you wonder how how honest these people are. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Well, you have to, you know, um, you work with what you got, right? <laughs> Tell me about it. I know. I know. I often, I often wonder, because I, I lost my, for whatever reason, I won't say why, I lost my faith in the legal system a long time ago. And I don't, yeah. you know, I don't exactly think that everything is done the right way. So you did a lot of research, and so who is friends, and how does he become part of this? And what does uh, Percy expect him to do? So um, the uh, the triumvirate uh, involves uh, a um, a high-ranking um, MI5 um, official named uh, Callum Percy, and his right-hand man is a guy named Jamie Friends, um, and. Um, you know, uh, Percy can't always be. Sh- it, it, as the story progresses, you know, um, you know, basically, uh, nobody can. You know, uh, you know, it's back to this issue of trust. You know, and yeah. um, can you trust the people you work with? Can you trust the people you know you're talking with? Can you trust the people you're sleeping with? Uh, uh, Obviously, um, these guys. Uh, so uh, Percy and friends are uh, colleagues, um, and um, it, be- it begins to dawn on Percy that uh, he can't be entirely sure that friends is um, uh, as trustworthy as he needs to be. Um, you know that uh, um, Percy, um, you know. Is trying to do the right thing um, in a you know in a very in an mm. odd way, <laughs> which again yeah, I won't go Tell into. Tell me about it. Um, but uh, you know, and uh, he worries that uh, friends is sort of undercutting his efforts. You know, basically leaking information uh, that he shouldn't be, um, and um, and in a way that will be damaging. That's scary. You know what yeah. gets me is a, a lot of these politicians skate. And the ones that, you know, I know all of them, they, they fool around, they do whatever, which is wrong. And then some of them actually get away with that, and some of them uh-huh. don't. It depends right. on how much pull you have and how the public reacts too. And sometimes I really wonder if the public really understands what's happening. And I often wonder why, you know, the the first thing they do is mob control or they go crazy or there's a protest instead of hearing what the issues are. So uh, how, do, how, do, yeah. how do they understand that, you know, there's two sides to this referendum and everybody's going to have their own opinion? So uh-huh. over it, it's, I don't know, this isn't over yet, is it? By no means. Um, uh, the, you know, um, and that uh, actually, you know, well, again, I don't want to spoil the book, so I'll. No, I'll, I'll what I was gonna, I'm going to. I'm not going to say what I was, gonna, what I was about to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and that uh, you know, democracy is like the laundry. You know, it's just never done. You know, it. Uh, um, you do one thing and, you know, or housework, right? I mean, you know, oh, you know, well, I cleaned this room, but, oh, now i got to go do that one. And but by the time you're done with that one, there's going to be something else to do, you know, and then there's the dishes, and then there's laundry, and then there's this. And, you know, you, it, it, uh, it's the, um, what, what did Winston Churchill say? That democracy is the, uh, the worst system of government we've ever come up with, except for mm-hmm. uh, all the other systems of government we've ever tried. <laughs> It might be terrible, but the other stuff is even worse, you know? Some people actually, you know, wonder, you wonder sometimes. Yeah. If, if, I mean, democracy is great and everything like that. It depends on who is in charge of whatever. And sometimes you just don't know. what. I listen to the news and I go, I don't believe anything anybody says. I, <laughs> I really don't. 
I believe absolutely uh-huh. nothing. And I learned a long time ago, my dad taught me, if you don't hear it with your own two ears and see it with your own two eyes, it didn't happen. Uh-huh. And if you're, if you're not sure, look it up yourself, um, sure. which is really good. So how did, what, how did you create the ending without giving it away? Um, you know, as I, uh, as I wrote the book, um, you know, I, I had a couple of ideas of how I wanted, uh, Mm. it to end. Um, but as I got closer and closer to it, um, the, uh, the ending, um, you know, uh, fit perfectly with the title. (laughs) Uh, and I, you know, and it just, it, it, it seemed exactly the right way to go. Um, that I didn't want to, you know, that, um, uh, you know, an ending should be um, maybe a little surprising, um, yeah. but also, uh, but also, um, even though it's a surprising, the more you think about it, it, it should seem, yeah, that's about right. Um, uh, or, you know, exactly right. Uh, and that, that uh, uh, so, I was I was very excited, very pleased uh, as I as I um, you know when I wrote that ending. I thought it was really good. Thank you. So, what's next for you? Uh, I'm I'm writing a thriller uh, set in uh, rural Oregon. Uh, my parents have a place out there, and I've been spending a lot of time uh, with them. Um, and. Uh, it's it um it's called witness tree um mm-hmm. it, there is a uh there's a um a big tree uh on a hillside um above uh, above their property um and it's actually a the, it, it's literally a survey point um mm-hmm. you know normally you know you've got like the you know some brass thing like nailed into the ground that you know they uh you know, that the surveyors will use. Um, in rural Oregon, uh, they have what are called witness trees. And so this is a, I don't know, uh, it's, a, it's a massive pine tree. Uh, it's, I don't know, 120, 130 years old. Um, and it's got a brass plaque nailed into the bark. Um, that, uh, and so people, you know, so that uh, when they're, laying out um, plots of land or, um, you know, if there's a dispute between one farmer and another, you know, wait, that's my side, you know, um, they actually, uh, they use uh, the witness tree as a survey point. Uh, So anyway, that's what a witness tree is. But um, so Mm. near my parents' place, there's a, there is a witness tree and, um, uh, it's really well positioned. You can see it from, you know, multiple directions in any direction for a quarter mile or more. Um, and, uh, I just thought, yeah, that, that sounds pregnant with meaning, you know? Um, and I started trying to write a short story, uh, about it that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I'm about, I, uh, I've written the end of the first draft, but now I have to go back and write mm. uh, and you know, work on work on the book uh, more. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm really excited by it. I'm excited by Bastard Verdict, um, but I'm and uh, I've actually taken a bit of a break from uh, Witness Three, uh, you know, to do a lot of the, the publicity kinds of things that uh, go along with uh, a, a, a new book launch. Because you know, I want to make sure that uh, you know uh, it finds an audience and that um, uh, people read it and like it. Well, I I don't know how well you get your reviews on the Partners in Crime, but I'm sure they were good. And I you I've never been know. really really I, I've been really fortunate. Um, yeah, you're uh, All the reviews I I got one two star review. Oh um, And uh, out of you know whatever it's been, 17, 18, maybe even 20 um, very positive reviews, you know, four and five stars. Um, you know, people uh, talk about how much they really like the character of Imogen. Um, you know, she's feisty. She's, you know, um, she's her own person. Um, you know, she yes, she makes mistakes. She's hardly perfect. But, you know, um, people really are uh, gravitate toward her. 
Um, it's been interesting how many people uh, we haven't talked about him at all uh, today, but uh, the the right hand man of um, uh, Buff Lindsay, uh, his up and coming lieutenant Alan Wilson, uh, is kind of uh, kind of uh, is a breakout star, <laughs> if you will. I have uh, him at the call. end. That's why we were getting stuck on saying, "Oh God, I forgot to, I forgot to ask that question." So. Well, and so here's what's funny. I've actually had two different uh, people, one actually in a review and one uh, just in a private note to me, um, you know, because I get readers who will, you know, uh, write me questions or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, um, who, uh, but who said, uh, I'd like to see another, I'd like to see a story with him in it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's about him. I thought, I hadn't thought of that, but now I will. Um, that's very interesting, because um, I, I, you know, uh, we've been talking a lot about the politics and the background and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But in the end, it's a story about people um, right. and and about and about characters. And I, I've been very pleased that um, uh, people have taken to the characters that they they uh, they're drawn to Imogen. Um, that uh, Alan is a particular uh, sort of um, breakout star, if you will. Um, but that you know the others, um, uh, you know Ewan, um, Ian Ross, uh, Percy, you know they 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 are all you know uh, believable and uh, real uh, to people who are reading these books. Um, so that that that's been really really gratifying and lovely. Um, I wonder. I'm very I wonder. Happy about that. What would happen if you if is your book in Scotland in their bookstore? Absolutely. Then I would be wondering how they feel about it. Well, I've been I'm getting just, good reviews. I've yeah, been getting good reviews. So, yeah, and I would yeah, wonder how um, the, how how the, how the people that are running the government feel about it too. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, yeah, I wonder. I, yeah, maybe they don't have time to read, um, and maybe that's just as well. <laughs> No, you know something? They're very, you know, each side has whatever they want to say. So where can everybody get this book and all the other ones? I read read Emergency Powers. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, uh, So it's available on bookshop.org. It's available on Amazon. Uh, uh, It's available at Barnes & Noble. Um, Your local bookstore, if they don't actually carry it, they can certainly order it. uh, Kindle, um, Nook, uh, from you know Barnes and Noble's thing, um, and uh, it's also available through you know like Kobo and Apple Books. I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't miss it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my my nephew is my new publicist when he uh-huh. has time, and he actually put me on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and a whole bunch of places that I didn't know existed. Brilliant. So, right when this when this show when I put the link out and whatever, it automatically goes on Spotify on their podcast part. Wonderful. Wonderful. I was like I was like so impressed with myself. I said, Oh my God. This is just... <laughs> no, it's you just should that be. That's I great. didn't realize I was all over the place. And you don't realize yeah. how well you're in England and India and Scotland, you're everywhere. If you look on yeah. if you look on on the internet and you say, Where am I? Um, you don't even want to know where you are. And in some places, I really wish I wouldn't be. What can I say? No. But this this has been fun. And question, um, do you do panels? always wonderful, yeah. I'm doing a, well, I'm doing a panel with somebody with, um, this would be fun, Jim Nesbitt, Vincent Zandri, Patrick Moore, and David Putnam, characters that lose their mind and do anything to get the case solved. No. Oh. I, yes, uh, I, I'm only familiar with Jim Nesbitt, but uh, I, I think he'd be, you know, I know he'll be fantastic. Well, these these people have characters that I've read a lot of. Yeah, say. yeah. I read, uh, uh, I read um, uh, Nesbitt's most recent book, um, The Dead Certain Doubt. Really, yeah. really liked it. And he really liked my review, but I think I was honored. I have to brag because this never happened before. I interviewed DP uh, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And wow. DP, yeah, well, Ocean View keeps me very busy, by the way. They're excellent. Yeah. And Ocean View Publishing is publicizing my review on Amazon, on um, Facebook. As, oh, wonderful. Uh, of his book, Cultured. I was like, oh, my uh-huh. God. So I, I, I've been you know, telling my relatives, you see, I do know what I'm doing. 
Ha-ha. <laughs> Excellent. I try, but thank you so much. This has been fun. and um, It really has. Thank you, Fran. This has been fun, and, you know, there are a lot of books that I'm reading about foreign countries. Uh, I did one about um, 1947 period on Monday with uh, Colin uh-huh. Holmes. It's an excellent uh-huh. book, Thunder Road. It's really good. And I did one, uh, Cairo, uh, Covert in Cairo, and that's also about uh, Egypt in 1917. So I'm learning a whole lot. Wow. Be- be- yeah. Besides, besides my all my other stuff. And if anybody well, uh, has, has, a, has an educator, on August 8th, I will do another seminar, get this with my reading professor, Dr. Cavuto. I don't know what mm-hmm. the topic is. I'm not allowed to pick it. He tells me what I'm doing. Very good. And, yeah, we've done, you know, questioning skills and stuff like that. So thank you so much, everybody. It's a beautiful day. James, keep it up. And I'll just watch what you're doing on Facebook and comment on Positive. Thank you so Lovely. much. Everybody, everybody have a great day and bye. You too. Bye-bye.